This is Green Room On Air with Ray Renati, your first stop for entertainment. When you're weary, feeling small, when tears are in your... Hey everybody, this is Ray Renati, and this is Green Room On Air, my podcast. You've reached it. How you doing? How you handling the hunkering down? You're hunking down with your, uh, your loved ones, or you by yourself, or... With your dog, your cat, your goldfish? What? I don't know. Hey, today we have a special show for you. I had a chat with Krista Lowe and Suze Allen. Krista is a playwright and an artist. And she wrote a play called Infatuation, which is a play that dives deep into uh, eating disorders. That's right, eating disorders. I was privileged enough to be a part of the play in two of the initial readings, and hopefully, hopefully it will be produced soon at a theater company near you. And Suze is, well, she's just a, a good friend of mine who I've known for, for a few years now, and she's a playwright, an actor, a dramaturg, very talented theater artist. They're both fantastic. And uh, I had a great time talking to them, and you'll hear them in just a minute. But uh, before that, uh, let's just talk a little bit about what's going on. Of course, we have the virus, the COVID-19. You know, one thing that really bothers me is, I think it's CNN. They have this graphic. It's a red thing. It looks like a magnification of an insect, and it's just disturbing to look at, and it's everywhere. I think you've all probably seen it. Why are they doing that to us? We're already freaked out enough. Then they have to show this monster red ball with all these little, like, mushroom things growing off of it. It's disgusting. Uh, I long for the days when social media didn't exist, and you can just uh, watch the news once a day, we could be hunkering down at home, washing our hands, and not thinking about it all day. But now they make that impossible because it brings them money from their commercials and us subscribing to their TV shows and to their channels. But what are you going to do? That's life in the big city and life in America. That's right. So what else is going on? What else is going on? I... uh. I was watching the show Tiger King, like a lot of you probably on Netflix. Wow. I mean, you couldn't write something like that, you know, if it were fiction. These people are insane. If you don't know what I'm talking about, check it out. Tiger King on Netflix. It's about private zoos in the United States focusing on this one guy named uh, Joe Exotic. Well, that's not his real name. That's what he changed it to. And uh, if you've if you haven't seen the show, this won't spoil things for you too much. But yes, I believe that Carol did it. Absolutely. That's a psychopath right there. Carol did it. Okay, what else has been going on? Oh, my wife and I decided we need to watch a TV show together. So a friend of hers told her about this show that I'd never heard of, although it's in the fifth season called Outlander. It's uh, a fantasy, sci-fi, drama, uh, star show, which means it's basically soft porn, uh, but now it's on Netflix. But the acting is really, really good, and the production values are out of this world. 
and just make sure that you turn on the uh, the subtitles if you want to understand it unless you're from Scotland because otherwise you won't understand a word unless you really really concentrate and get good at hearing the heaviest Scottish accents you've ever heard in your life it's just tough for me to watch though because there's so much disaster and separation and abandonment and then reuniting and it's like um, it's like you're watching a romance novel uh, in 3D in your face every night. But I'm enjoying it. I'm hooked. Check it out. Outlander on Netflix. Although it's only the first three seasons, then you're going to want to see seasons four and five. That's probably why they did this. So now you'll go and order stars through your local cable provider, probably Comcast. Anyway, check it out. Outlander, Netflix. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. All right. Well, without any further ado, why don't we go right to our, our guests, Krista and Suze. So how's it going? <laughs> Good. I'm so glad that we could meet this afternoon. Me too. Yes. The weather is coming back. The beautiful weather is returning, it seems. Yes. <laughs> you can count on February to have some summer type days. Summer de defined by other parts of the country. Yeah. Summer. So San Francisco summer. <laughs> well, yeah. I like to say um, San Francisco has bipolar weather. It's bipolar. <laughs> it does, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's true because it's been really, really warm. And then all of a sudden the next day it's windy and yeah. freezing. It swings. Yeah. And then it depends what part of the city you're in. Right. Right. I've been downtown. I remember one day specifically last year, it was in the 90s downtown, and I drove over to like the Cliff House, and it was in the 50s. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It's like four miles. <laughs> right. I know. I used to live in Bernal. The sun was always shining in Bernal Heights. Yeah. Remember? Well, You'd yeah. come to visit. It was For always sure. the warmest there of anywhere. Bernal Heights, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's nice weather. Mission. Speaking of weather. <laughs> right. <laughs> We have uh, Krista. Now, how, do you like your last name to be with, with both of your last yeah, names? Yeah, uh, uh, Krista Kamen Lowe. Okay, Krista Kamen Lowe. Just to Lowe. make it hard for everyone. Yeah. And Suze Allen. That's so right. That's, I, I only have two names that I like to be called. Suze only has two names. And they're both first names, which is yeah. always helpful. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And they, they incorporate both genders, so... Hey, and we're in San Francisco. A L L E N is the way you spell Alan. Fluid. Oh, man, I'm fluid. My name is Fluid. Sue's <laughs> <laughs> <was> Fluid Alan. <laughs> right. Oh, that might work. There's yeah. my new stage name. So, so last was it last year that we did the reading of your play? Yeah, it was um, end of May or June. It was June. It was this June. This is Krista's play. Yeah, and mm -hmm. it's called Infatuation, right? Yeah. What's it about? Well, as if I don't know, but let's <laughs> pretend like I don't. Well, infatuation is about Kate, a wife and a mother, um, awakening to the realization that her eating disorder and her unhealthy coping mechanisms have had a profound negative impact on her family, yeah. especially her um, teenage daughter. Um, Addie, who has, she has severe anorexia. Um, sickness is an ethereal, evil embodiment of the obsessive negative voices in the two women's heads. 
um, controlling them like a cult leader or like a bad abusive boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, both Kate and Addie suffer in silence as sickness ravages their well-being by twisting their thoughts into doubting their self-worth, body image, and the ability to thrive. Yeah. Yeah. So um, infatuation is, a, it's really a heartbreaking story of loss and love and um, really how mental illness can be, you know, relentlessly cruel and how eating disorders can shatter families and lives yeah yeah and not, well there was some humor in there too wasn't there there is a little humor yeah. in there yeah, yeah if i remember right yeah. yeah yeah nice dark humor yeah well you got to have humor there's always got to be the the other side of things uh, sickness as the character he he's yes. he can be very funny in a very twisted way he's trying to seduce mm -hmm. and he has been seducing these women their whole lives um and he uh he thinks he's a laugh riot a lot of times right when he isn't right <laughs> yes yes sickness thinks he's a, like a stand-up comic of some sort <laughs> yes. sickness is an actual character in the play yeah yeah um, my microphone is doing all kinds of weird things here okay. i'm too tall for my microphone so i'll just slump <laughs> i'm too tall for my microphone <laughs> you're too sexy for your microphone i'm too sexy for my mind too sexy for my i'm too sexy remember that shirt that's no that's shirt i'm too sexy for my shirt anyway yeah, yeah. yes sickness is kind of like the devil on the shoulder right? a little bit yeah, yeah it's those evil um it's that evil voice in your head that yeah. you listen to and um for a person suffering from an eating disorder, it's very strong. You, they listen to it more than their family members, or you know, it's hard yeah. for them to make right choices. Yeah. So, so when when a person has an eating disorder, do, when they look in the mirror and, and they're extremely thin, let's say, do they not see that? Do they see themselves as not that thin? Yeah, they um, I, they I mean, think was, they're fat. Yeah. They really, truly believe that they're fat. So it's like a, a body, you're just not seeing things as they really right. are. Yeah. Right. It's a distortion. And everybody does that it's to like, some extent. It's just, an ex it's just on the far end of the bell curve. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. like sort of going through those, you know, the carnival mirrors, you yeah. know, they see themselves as these, you know, larger you know, they they could look at their thigh and see it grow before their very eyes if they're looking at it in the mirror or their uh, waist because right. it's it's not enough. And what sickness does is it it it's very secretive. You know, our secrets are what kill us. But uh, yeah. that's very he's very sneaky because he's always like, you, you know, just between you and I. Yeah. You know, yeah. you could, you're looking great, but and that, you know, and you need just, five or 10 more pounds. Yeah. And then that introduces a sense of shame and guilt and everything. So it all kind of compounds on each other, on right. itself, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a cult, you know, yeah. sort of sickness pulls the, them, the women into this space where it's like, don't listen to what anybody else says. I've got right. your back. I'm, I'm your guy. Right. I'm your person. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So is this is this uh, being addressed enough in our in our society? I remember years ago that we we talked about it a lot. I remember when I was in college, it was kind of a big deal. But I don't hear about it much in the media anymore. Yeah, I, I you know, I think um, I mean, this is only my little opinion, mm -hmm. but I think it is getting better. I think there is some body 
positive things happening, yeah. you know, especially with the Me, Me Too, too mm-hmm. movement. But I still think it's an issue. And I think uh, social media especially is fueling some of those insecurities, especially in women. I know it's happening to men too. Yeah. But um, I still think it is a big problem. You know, it's the uh, people die. <laughs> I mean. Well, they have these uh, apps that you can make yourself look completely different than you actually mm. look like in a couple of seconds, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I okay. mean, it is deceiving because people, you know, on Instagram they or Facebook, they always want to make themselves look like it's their best life. They're their best person. So, mm-hmm. you know, sort mm-hmm. of distort their image um, so that they're not getting um, bullied for it. I also yeah. think that we don't give enough credence to that the images that are always being projected on women and and men um, through just just the visuals, you know. Everybody look can look thinner. They're airbrushed. They look thinner than they really look in life. Or they've got spanks that are just like got them sucked up like a sausage. Oh, they yeah. look fabulous. Uh, my you know? Instagram had an ad on there. It was like a little <laughs> ad. Like <laughs> you put the uh, they had, first. I saw the female one, and then the male one come on. I guess they figured out I was a man. They realized that. Now I, I get these ads where I can put like these. Things on, right? And I look like you know Superman all of a sudden. Yeah, or it smooths you out, so you look better in your clothes. How did you look? How did you look in those? (laughs) No, I didn't buy it. I did. No, no, I was tempted. Oh, you were tempted. Yeah, I was like, nah, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, but it's they're they're good with that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so you were you so you got to perform Edinburgh. I did way back in 2000. Yeah, it was. It's been a while now. So for people, if you don't know what that is, Edinburgh is a town, a village, a city, I guess, in Scotland. And every year they have a the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, right? Which is one of the most amazing <laughs> festivals of comedy and uh, theater in the world, I would say. Mm-hmm. I know there's another one in France that's almost as big, but they don't do it in English, so who cares? But uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Down in the south of France, but this is uh, it's a special experience. And I, how was that for you? Oh, it was great. Yeah. Uh, Edinburgh is an amazing city, and to go there to uh, perform something, it was awesome. And um, I got to perform in Sousa's play called Hanging on Your Every Word. And um, it was a really um, important play about suicide and depression. Um, it was, another happy yeah, piece. Another, yeah, we only work together on very happy pieces. <laughs> right. But it had comedy, too, in it. It had oh, a lot of comedy, yes. Yeah. But um, um, Sue's, um, was she incorporated a story of mine in the play. Uh, she took some of the actor stories and incorporated them into the, her play. So, um, And I got to perform a piece about... Um, my older sister who was suffering from anorexia. And um, it was there at Edinburgh that I really, it kind of put a thought in my head that, hey, maybe I can write a play about this on my own. 
Yeah. So yeah. And you did. And I did. And she did. Yeah. I got to do the reading. That was a lot of fun. Yes. I was so happy. You did a great job. Yeah. And you did a a wonderful job with the play. I hope it gets produced. Yeah. That's what. Are you shopping it around anywhere? Um. Well, we haven't quite shopped it around. You're thinking about it. We're thinking about doing a GoFundMe page. Oh, and you can produce it yourself. Yeah. Oh, good. We um we want to have some original, you know musical composition yeah. throughout so we're going to try to raise money to find a m- musician to work on that with us and just add another layer because the play has it's very multimedia-esque and taking steps to make it feel how Krista wants to make it feel like it's sort of mm-hmm. sense around you know for these women as they they battle their affliction with self-image and yeah body shaming i definitely uh there's definitely um a mood and there's a pulse in it there's tension and a pulse so there's i um writing the play i really always felt that there was this beat to it and um it's the beat of um one of the of the character running and then it turns into the heartbeat and there's just a constant yeah pace to it and um and the music too, it's all got the tension and building up and building up. And mm-hmm. so that's how I kind of visualized it and heard it. Well, I, I mean, I think for certain plays, adding original music can really, um, like you said, add another layer to the play. You did say that, right? I did say that, <laughs> exactly that, word for word. Something like that, but you I mean, it can really me, enhance actually. the play. It can really enhance the play. I've been able to do a couple of plays that that had that, and it mm-hmm. was really moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the goal too is for the audience to get swept up into what these people are feeling. Um, there's also the father in the play, Jack, who you who you played, and there's um, Kate, the the main character, her mother, Pearl, uh, who's headed down the road of Alzheimer's, but sometimes she's crystal clear. Mm-hmm. And then then there are some errant characters that come mm-hmm. in and out of their lives. But it is because sickness is this kind of, you know, diaphanous, but yet real kind of uh, character. The music really helps put you in that space. Yeah. Yeah. And I could see how you could add some humor in with sickness in the music. And it might be dark. Right. But. I think it would add another dimension to the to the story that would you know kind of lighten it up and give people a little bit. Well, of it a, is theater, break. and you want the drama. And yeah, mm-hmm. oh, so you don't want to lose the drama. Yeah, for sure. you don't want to lose no. the drama, so that music and that beat and um, all that really helps. So, well, yeah. there is the gr- there is a great moment when Sickness sings the um, "Here She Comes, Miss America" yes. song. Yeah, um, <laughs> and it's. <laughs> It's just it's it's funny yet it makes you cringe because yeah, of creepy. what um, he's luring these women into. So. Yeah. yeah, Jackson uh, Davis was sickness when we did the reading, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he was really good at sickness. Yeah, they had a good at, look for it too. Yeah, at Paxton Gate. The- yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then we had Teddy Wee. Mm-hmm. Who did the performance with us at Stageworks? That oh, you oh, were he in played with... sickness. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Teddy okay. Wee. But Jackson yes. did the the first reading at Paxton Gate. Yeah. Gate. Oh, that's um, right. And we then we that... had somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yes, Teddy. Mm-hmm. Right. I remember now. Yes, Teddy. I know Teddy. Yeah. I did another show. And with him. Carrie Rose and Angie Espinoza. 
Yeah. And Carolyn. Yeah. Right. I don't remember her last name. I don't either. Yeah. Yeah. Over, we did it over it in the mission, right? It starts with a right? C. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Stageworks. Mm-hmm. Stageworks. There's all these little theaters everywhere in San Francisco. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's all these amazing. They're still spaces. hanging on. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, some of those stores have theaters in the back that wow. have been built. And, and there was a guy years ago and he was doing a project to find them all. And he had a website and everything. And he gave up on it because it was just too much, too much money, too time consuming. Wow. But there, you, there used to be. A lot more mm. you know, yeah. movie theaters and live theaters yeah. in San Francisco, even though there still are a lot. There mm. were more than there are now. Well, yeah. maybe they'll start renting because they just passed that proposition that if you have empty storefronts in your building as a landlord for a certain amount of months, you're going to have to start paying fines for leaving them open. So I think they're going to have to maybe lower their rents to get people in there because ah. those hope. are great spaces for little theaters you know mm-hmm. for sure for sure yeah so so um when did you finish writing this or is it finished well it it is finished yeah. we i mean after the reading we had there's a little bit of rewriting going on yeah. but it, i really finished what it, in may was that about yeah. a, almost a year ago yeah, yeah. Um, now was that about when the me too m- movement started uh, well, the Me Too movement was going on. Had been going on yeah. already because, yeah. yeah, Weinstein was already, you know, had been thrown to the wolves where he belongs. Um, yeah. And But I think the biggest thing about what the Me Too movement gives, I mean, if you look at, like, Lizzo, the singer, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's just women aren't being quiet anymore. They're not letting themselves be shamed. There's this beautiful video or Vimeo going around of Cynthia Nixon doing um, just this. Mm-hmm. She just says a barrage. There's these images that flash a barrage of things about you're too thin. You're too fat. You know, don't you, you know, you're dressing like a prostitute, you know, yeah, all the mixed messages yeah. that women get. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I'd encourage people to find that. Yeah. Online. And this is what sickness does. If you watch that video, it, it's really confused women and yeah yeah yes he confuses her all the time yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i think the way that um you know women view our bodies and the me too movement are really closely connected in our society because you know really women are taught to be like sexual objects for men you know and um we should be and I think we think that we should be thankful when guys hit on us. And it's this fine line between uh, a compliment and sexual harassment, right? Yeah. And um, so, and I think that sometimes women do not report sexual harassment and they keep their um, stories private because they are ashamed of their bodies. Right. I mean, that's pretty deep. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, well, there's the whole trope that's always been there of, you know, oh, she deserved it because she had a mini skirt on and a tube top and uh, she was drunk, you know, so it's like, oh, yeah, do what you want. And it's like, no, huh? I think that kind of thing. But still, the body image stuff, isn't it like one in five or mm-hmm. something? Yeah. Young people have an eating disorder. Really? Of some type. Wow. Yeah. Uh- both men and boys and girls? Yeah, or men, men have and women? it too. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Darned social media. I don't yeah. think it's helping in that. 
Sure, yeah. <laughs> he who does a podcast says. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but this is all This is a raw. podcast no, for good. There's nothing fake going on here. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's just like, how do you define, you know, you know, are we, how to be feminine and sexy, but at the same time, strong and powerful and have a voice at the same time, too. You know, it's all these contradictions. Yeah, it is. My daughter's about to be 17. She belongs to this dance troupe called Girl Brigade, and it's in the Mission, 24th and Mission. And I just love it because they're all dancers. And my daughter just had this round body, and and many of the girls do, and they really teach them empowerment, social justice. And, you know, so there's there's lots of things happening like that if you're parents, you know, and you want to get your girls into good, you know, good places where they can see that, this isn't the way it has to be. It doesn't have to be like everybody looks the same. How yes. boring would that be? Well, Broadway shows, Broadway musicals, for instance, up until recently, or I'd say the last, what, 10 years, you had to be a certain type. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had to be like 5'6", five, 5'7", five, 110 pounds, long arms, long legs, or you just couldn't be a Broadway dancer. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, what was the Green Day musical? Uh I forgot the name of it. I saw it at Berkeley Rep. It was about Green Day. And it was the first time I saw all these dancers on the stage who looked like real people, mm-hmm. you know, and the, mm-hmm. all different shapes and sizes. And they were professional and they were fantastic. Mm-hmm. And that was about 10 years ago, I think. Yeah. It really, it really, I loved it. And I've seen a lot, a lot more of that lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great. Like you were talking about, what is her, Lizzo? Yeah. Yeah. When I see her on TV, mm-hmm. I mean, all of her, all of her, um, dancers near her are all larger right exactly i I remember i saw a smaller woman but she was way in the back (laughs) (laughs) that's funny yeah i mean i think it's i think it's great no it is yeah i think that once people just get used to it it's going to be wonderful because it it gives people more opportunity it gets it, it helps people see that you can be just a regular person and still be good at something and you can be and who you, you can, are and, and you look like you, you look. It doesn't, yeah. there's no, you know, there's no look for talent. Talent Definitely is not. talent and creativity is creativity and strength and in intelligence. So that's, in, that's important. And we tend to be taught to overlook that because we don't look, you know, like how, some, how could someone fall in love with me because I'm, you know, 50 pounds overweight right? rather than, well, I'm smart. I'm witty. I'm, you know, I am fun to be around. Um, so, you know, you just negate those parts of it because suddenly, you know, you have too much weight on you and you're not, you don't think you're the perfect look. So do you, do you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yeah, sometimes. Uh, did you see last weekend? Mm-mm. Oh, well, what, part of the story was, is that Larry David was bringing people to this new restaurant and he was sitting there and he realized that all the people on that side were really good looking and all the people on this side <laughs> were not. And he was on the not good looking side. And he was trying to confront the waiter like the entire episode. And the guy was denying it. But then he accidentally told the truth. But I mean, it, it was kind of. I, I, it, 
It showed what, you know, the whole shallowness of that way of thinking and all the, yes. you know, the good looking side were all near the window and <laughs> right. and everybody else was on the other side of the restaurant. But uh, well, have you ever busted seen, at the end. Have you ever seen those commercials for sandals, getaway yeah. vacations? I just always, whenever they come on, I always say to my family, yeah, and you can only go there if you're just a supermodel and a <laughs> super guy, you know, just sculpted right. and beautiful. I mean, there is not one person that they show that looks regular. It's just like sandals for the supermodel in you. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's like, oh, it right. just makes me so angry. The Club Med Vacation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, what was the other? Oh, there's this show my wife watches. I forget what it's called. It's like it's like The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, but they just write to each other. Oh, I don't know. It, it's, I can't even remember the name of it. It's big deal now. Love is Blind or yes, something. Yes, yes. And I think the couple of them got married recently. But... I she's over there. Oh, I'm listening to this, and I love you so much. I've only <laughs> I've only known you a week, but I love you from just your writing. And then I go over there, and everybody looks like a supermodel. <laughs> right. It's right. like, what if the person you got, you know, was not a supermodel? Would you still fall in love with her, or yeah. was it her writing? You know, you know, it's like exactly so made shallow. for TV. I know. And I tried to explain this. I you know I think I'm gonna I'm not gonna say anymore. I'll get myself in trouble. I think I, I, I can I see you going down that path. I'm done. I can see you headed down. And you stopped yourself. Very good, Ray. Very good. Yes, indeed. Well, who is the um, the the model? Ashley Graham? Is that uh, her name? I don't know. She started the, you know, body positive movement for mm -hmm. models. You know, she's curvier. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I... A number I, of years ago. Yeah. yeah. And she... But she didn't want to, she wanted to stop ha being called a uh, plus size. I see. But it's, it's something as small as that. Like how, how good is that, that you don't have to see, you know, you skulk into the plus size right, at your, right. you know, clothing store or, yeah. you know, I, there's just so much uh, negative connotation to it. Right. You know, rather than like. I don't know. Well, yeah. Voluptuous. The, right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, not yeah. plus. Yeah, because petite. Yeah, like yeah. Petite, that sounds nice. Plus. Well, whenever the clothing industry made a zero, size zero, right. it's like, are you, oh, great. You just want to make us really feel like <laughs> shit all the time. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wonder, I, I guess men have some of this, but it's not as much, you know? I'm, I'm just trying to think. No, it's definitely not as much. Maybe for younger guys now. Yeah. Yeah. I think probably if you're in that dating field and you're not, you don't have the look. But you look at guys with power, you know, mm -hmm. they're bald, which bald is beautiful. It's fine. But with big old bellies and they're not yeah. that spectacular to look at. But the, often the woman on their arm is drop dead skinny gorgeous yes. and everything and mm -hmm. i'm not saying they don't love each other but it's it's just a double standard mm -hmm. it, it really is, is. definitely yeah. but i think with younger men um it probably is yeah you know they have some of the same you know body issues right because you got that you gotta have that six-pack ab right <laughs> like you do ray yeah, for fine washables only. <laughs> it's a washboard stomach for fine washables Take only. Take off your shirt right now. No, I think not. <laughs> this isn't on video, so who cares? All right, I'll take off my shirt. One second. Uh, 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 uh. All right, how's that? Excellent. <laughs>
So, Krista, you are an artist as well. Yeah, um, I, I went to art school, and I am, right now I'm doing graphic design, but I dabble a little bit in doing some art. I've done a, some art around eating disorders and stuff. Actually, the art I do is, is a lot like I do it for a, like art therapy for me, really. Mm -hmm. um, but um, can you describe it on the radio? Um, well, just the, the little bit that I've done is uh, um, I think the most powerful pieces I've done so far, are these little these cutouts, I've taken magazines like a Vogue magazine and I cut directly into the magazine and um, I bring out images and it's kind of like it looks like a collage, but I'm just digging in, <laughs> going in, cutting it up and um, exposing the magazine because when a when a person with an eating disorder looks through a magazine their self-esteem goes down and they feel like they're not they don't measure up to the women in those magazines right. so i kind of bring out images from the mag magazine that are a little bit different or weird that maybe an anorexic or bulimic might see instead of you know, mm -hmm. am I making sense? Um, yes, yeah. because, well, the ads the are always side to, yeah, of the magazine. And they're yeah. made to do that. They're mm -hmm. made to make you feel less than so that you go out and buy. Well, the yeah, product. it makes you want. Yes. It, it's all about wanting. And yeah. I remember looking through them and going, oh, you know, I wish I could look like her or whatever. So, so you make uh, you, your art focuses on exposing that. Yeah. And that could be part of the play, too. I yeah, suppose. yeah. I mean, definitely inspiration yeah. to do the play was yeah. doing some of that art yeah. for me. Yeah. When we were at pa Paxton Gate and we did, Krista curated the show in the lobby. Yes. And she had one or two I of had your two. I remember that. They're yeah. three dimensional, you know, so it's it's really fascinating to look at them. It's just something too about the cut, the cutting into the magazine, like what's behind it, what's underneath it. They're really quite amazing pieces yeah, of I art. Yeah, I hope to do, do more of them. If if you send them to me, I can put them somewhere, oh, okay. and then I can put a link in the notes. I actually of the show. sold one. I have a one that's completed. And I have a couple starting, but oh, um, yeah, I can definitely oh, send you. Uh, I remember once. Uh, I was reading something or watching on television and they were analyzing one of these ads in a woman's magazine. Yeah. And it was somebody famous. I think it was Paula Abdul. And she was lying down with like a leotard on. Uh -huh. And they showed how they extended the length of her legs uh -huh. to the point where it would be like physically impossible for her to stand up. Right. Mm. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah, I mean, with Photoshop. Yeah. It was absurd how long they made her legs. It looked, you know, it it, it was visually appealing in a way. Yeah. But I could see how it would make somebody with uh, anorexia or another uh, disorder like that feel right. bad. Well, right? in school, um, you know, I studied graphic design. So part of it, learning graphic design is you learn Photoshop. And one of the classes was about retouching. And I remember this this classmate of mine raised her hand. She goes, well, my Facebook profile is going to look a lot better now. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny, oh. but it's sad, though. It, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's like, um, I don't know. It is a moral thing, right? Like, yeah. um, can you do that kind of work or is it, you know? Right. So it's interesting. It's interesting uh, to debate about it. Right. Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis, the actress, did this great thing, you know, because she's an actress of a certain age, she actually got photographed in just, you know, her underwear. I with saw no, that. Yeah. And yeah. she's like, this is what I look like. Yes. 
And, uh, you know, that's it, it. I just thought it was very empowering for everyone to look at it. And then the other thing that they do, they always do with the stars and everyone that got pregnant is just like, you wouldn't even know she was pregnant. You know, the second she gave birth to that baby, you know, yeah. they really just those messages like that, like, oh, it took me so long to get my, you know, birth weight off or, yeah. you know, they make it sound like, okay, here, I just handed the baby off and I spent the rest of the two weeks at the gym until, you know, and then I took the baby back, you know, or something. But there are just so many messages like that. And it is very deceiving. It is deceiving. And they don't talk about the fact that they have a team of people, uh, you know, nutritionists and uh, trainers and everybody helping them get back to what they were before. Right. But exactly. they still get photoshopped. And they get photoshopped. They get photoshopped. So so one so. of my things is I'm a photographer and uh, I do headshots. Uh, I don't do them as much anymore, partly because, honestly, I'm tired of people not being happy of how they look. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and it becomes an issue all the time. And I, I love doing it, but yeah. uh, it's people are never happy. Mm. Um, is anybody over, I'd say, 25? Yeah. Yeah. Men and women. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's a problem. And I don't blame anybody, but we're used to seeing everything so touched up now. Mm-hmm. And I think that. if we, you know, as women, especially, you know, when when I think back at the times I was like, oh, my God, I need to be thinner or better. I, I just wish I had the time that I spent thinking about that back mm-hmm. because I looked great. I looked just fine, you yeah. know, and it was just a waste of time. Yeah, It's like unless, you know, you have a health issue caused by a weight issue, then you're you're good. You know, you're good. That's the way you look and that's who you are. And we don't all want to be the Stepford wife. So I think while the play to bring it back around it, you know, it's very heartbreaking. But I think the thing, too, that's really it sends a powerful message. We've got to talk about things. And as families, you know, there's we've got to take the time to stop and see what's really going on with each other. Right. Well, yeah, we got to break the break the. uh those bad thoughts and mm-hmm. it starts with parents really it's it's hard it's really hard and we got to know too that anorexia and bulimia and all these eating disorders are you know linked to depression you know yeah. people who have depression or compulsive disorders and anxiety the, um some sometimes it manifests its way this it way. can be a manifestation of control. ocd and anxiety right. mm-hmm. um, well ocd is a form of anxiety right, right. so so if yeah, get, if you can get the anxiety of to go down, then maybe the um, the anorexia would. Yeah, yeah. it's just um, it's something that we can co- we can control. So yeah, it gets abused. It gets abused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because if you can oh, if you feel like I have total control of my body, I can be thinner. I can exercise more. That's all you have to think about. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm guessing that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And then, the, but then the person's health goes down. Yeah. Obsessive. Yeah. We, yeah. It was just Karen Carpenter's birthday. And oh. just thinking about someone like her, she would have been 70, I think. Really? And just thinking, you know, just such an amazing voice. Oh, and I loved her so and much. And she died of heart failure and malnutrition because she just never thought she was thin enough. Yeah. She was well, called chubby in, when she was in school. So, yeah. but, yeah. That's crazy. Mm. So well, thin. that's um, um, my older sister was, she had it before people knew about Karen Carpenter. And yeah. so it was a real mystery back 
then in the 70s what was going on you know yeah so, um what did that they she's think? alive and thriving today what, is amazing. what did they think was was going we on with your sister they didn't know we didn't know ah. we just had no idea it yeah. was very scary Mm. Yeah, because it, re- it really wasn't something that people talked about much or that no. many people knew about. No. Yeah. And my mom is an, an instructor at Chico State, and a, uh, one of her students wrote a paper about eating disorders. And she goes, oh, my gosh, I think my daughter has this. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So that's how she kind yeah. of learned about it. Yeah. And you have to be vigilant as parents when you find out. Yeah. Once you once you know what it is, just getting the help that's needed. Well, that's um, one of the things. Um, the play, it's like the this trickle down effect through the generations. And my daughter had a bout with this, not as severe as my sister's, but as parents, we think we know our children so well, and that we know what's best. But let me tell you, I had to listen to those doctors and do what they said. Because people with eating disorders are liars and manipulators, and they have taken it to an extreme with their parents. And because they have to hide everything. Yeah, right. and yeah. so they know how they know your buttons, and mm-hmm. so it's like re- being an addict. Yeah, you know, you yeah. get sneaky. Real yeah, and sneaky. as parents, we're like, oh, I know what to do, and but I had to listen. I had to, you know, the, when the doctor said, okay, you got to take something away that they love, and then make them eat before they can have it back you know like for my daughter it was her media or her movies watching her movies and her um music and it was just heartbreaking because she would just be crying and say, i need it i want it oh. and, and i wanted to give it to her so bad but she had to eat that snack i gave her before i see you yeah. know it's like it it's really it becomes painful. a matter of life and death it really and you have, have to, to think of it that way because yeah. um when people are so in they have to get better you know well yeah. and liddy did get better and that's yeah. the good news yeah, that's she, great. she's doing great yeah she's she getting really... accepted into every school <laughs> she Wonderful. applied to for art yes yeah and yeah. your sister got better too. both my sisters had it and um they're doing well they're and, thriving yeah. yeah my older sister um counsels people now and is a therapist and wow counselor. Mm-hmm. so oh, that's fantastic yeah she's that's really really good yeah so do they know about your play yeah, they came and saw it, oh. uh, the reading. Oh, they at did. Stageworks, so, they, they were, were there. Yeah. Very supportive. I'm, it was very happy. And your daughter, did your daughter see it too? My, you know, Lydia was not there that day, but she, she'll see it sometime. Yeah, yeah. she's been around. I talk it. about it yeah. a lot. <laughs> so hopefully you'll be producing this soon. Yeah. Yes, and, uh, that is the goal. We'll all get the chance to see a real life production of it. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah. It's a good play. Me too. And it's a good message. And... As the dramaturg, I say yeah. that you are ready. It's ready. Yeah, to, to that hit means the, a lot to me. If I think this so is ready. Too. Yeah, I mean, even I saw the the changes. You know, the second time I did it. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. uh, they were they were excellent. So thank you. Yeah. No thanks. Well, thanks, Suze and Krista, for yeah. being on the thanks, green room on air today. <laughs> Thank you. I love your studio. Isn't yeah. this great? <laughs> we have a wonderful view of San Francisco and the ocean. Yes, yeah. we do, and, actually. Uh, I, I love you. It's the bay, but oh, the bay. it counts. Oh, the bay. I, I'm turned around here. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you can just figure out your chords, we're done. Do you ever get any coyotes over there? 
There's a ton of coyotes in McLaren Park. We're close to McLaren Park. I just can't believe that San Francisco is inundated with coyotes now. It we, is. We get and them they're big. By us, too. On Brooks Park, we get them. Yeah. I guess they just walk up from the beach. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where do they come from? They must well, walk like from the mountains over there down. The well, beach McLaren the... Park is huge. Oh, now I they're mean, breeding. Yeah, they're breeding, and uh, they're a lot. A lot of times, they're there, but they're on Bernal Hill too. Mm-hmm. I think that was the first sighting that there were coyotes around, like uh, in the early two thousands. The first sightings yeah. of them being in the city were like up on Bernal Heights, and we yeah. were just like. Coyotes, right. grab your children in, and your dogs. And then they saw some in Golden Gate Park. Yep, I remember. And they, uh, last year, I was doing a musical at City College, and I was the last one out, as usual. And I was getting in my car, and like a hundred feet away from me was a coyote, just standing there howling. And I, I videotaped him without his permission. <laughs> and, and now there's a lawsuit. And now there's a lawsuit against me from the coyote union. The coyote union. All right. You know what they do, wily coyotes, you're in trouble. Yeah. They well, blow not, you up and Yeah, but they're bad at it. Yes, uh, that's true. They never succeed, so I'm not worried. You're Aww. safe. I'm glad. All right. Well, thank well, it's been you. Great Ray. talking to you. Thank okay, you too. Thanks, Bye. Bye. Well, thanks everybody for listening to my chat with these two fine Artists, Krista and Suze Allen, Krista Lowe and Suze Allen. Thanks for listening to Green Room on Air. And if you have any questions or if you would like to be a guest on the show or have any suggestion for guests or if you have any questions or comments, please email them to me at greenroomonair at gmail.com. That's greenroomonair at gmail.com. My website is greenroomonair.com. You can learn more about me at rayrenati.com. Have a good week. I hope uh, I hope you're doing well. I know these are rough times, but you can learn a lot also about yourself. And uh, we're going to get through this. And it's a story you can tell your grandkids if you have grandkids. All right, everybody. Stay safe. And until next time, I will see you on the boards. How many mountains must you?